Welcome to Regis Radio. I'm Stephanie Alperlisi. We invite you to take the next 10 to 15 minutes to hear from some of the life insurance industry's top experts and from some of our own. Regis Financial Partners is a national brokerage general agency who partners with financial advisors and insurance professionals. Our mission is to find insurance solutions for our advisors and their clients. We have a concierge approach that one size does not fit all when it comes to your business. Feel free to contact us to see how we can partner with you. And we thank you for listening today. Welcome back to Regis Radio. And I'm your host, Stephanie Alperlisi. And today I'm joined by one of my colleagues, Ethan Delaney. How are you, Ethan? I'm doing well, Stephanie. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us uh, today. And, you know, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, long-term care. Something that if, uh, if every advisor is not talking about it to their client, they probably should be as we continue to see the baby boomer generation retire uh, every single day. But th- today's more about a conversation, I think, Ethan, that we can talk about where as a brokerage firm, where are we seeing long-term care today? You know, what are clients buying? How are they insuring themselves for an event that may or may not happen? And what is out in the marketplace? So as an advisor listening today, you know, we can kind of give them a little bit of a high-level overview of the long-term care market and how it might be advantageous for their clients to at least look at something. So, um, you know, even here at Regis Financial Partners, you know, you're running numbers day in, day out. You're, You're seeing what's going on out into the marketplace with the different carriers. Um, you know, who is writing long-term care today from, from a traditional standpoint? Let's maybe start with them. Okay, yeah, from a traditional standpoint, uh, you have Mutual of Omaha, like traditional standalone LTC. They're one of the bigger players in the market. I would say for most, you know, standalone uh, policies, we, we look at Mutual of Omaha. Um, Northwestern Mutual also offers standalone LTC. I don't, we don't write it very often. Obviously, we don't have access to it. Um, Mutual of Omaha is really who we go to. Um, and that's on the standalone side. Now, we do have other carriers who, you know, write hybrid and then the long-term care rider, nationwide being one of those, Lincoln being another. Um, but yeah, from a standalone uh, lens, I would go with Mutual of Omaha. So the market's the really shrank, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. From, from the traditional days, I mean, there's no more of the Hancocks, the Prues, the Mets. Um, and really, Genrock was the biggest player out there mm-hmm. for so long. Um, I know that for years, I was helping advisors write that business. And I think what we've seen is, you know, just due to that interest rate environment for so long, and the fact that the policies didn't lapse the way the insurance companies assumed that they would, and the pricing that the product of, was so low at the time, they had guaranteed 10 pays, they had all sorts of different types of riders that could be bought. And they just didn't price it correctly that, you know, all of those carriers have really exited the marketplace. Yep. What would you say are, you know, so the insurance companies we know moved away from traditional long-term care. And now we've got this product that's called hybrid LTC. And I think sometimes nobody really understands when they say hybrid, what does that kind of encompass and entail? Um, Why don't you, can you walk us through a little bit about like, when I say hybrid, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so hybrid to me means you're still paying in premiums. Um, It's a little bit more flexible on the payment period. You put in premiums, you get a a pool of LTC benefit. Now, what's nice about hybrid is we say it's not a use it or lose it policy. Um, If you don't ever end up needing to use the long-term care pool, 
you still get a death benefit that's equal or greater to the amount of premiums paid. And I think that gives people kind of a sense of security. You know, they're not afraid of losing what they put in because they do have that death benefit pool. Hybrid policies also come with the, the inflation riders we see, other sorts of benefit. They're a little bit more customizable than the standalone. And as someone who's been in the industry for five years, I see more hybrid being sold now than I do traditional long-term care. And I think that switch is probably due to the fact that you, you still get that, you know, return of premium if, if you don't use the benefit. So it's really interesting. I think, you know, folks have always said, well, if I'm going to buy traditional long-term care, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a lower premium and I'm going to have where the benefit is going to grow. But that's a really great point that you made. Like if you buy a long-term care policy and you never use the long-term care portion of it, then unfortunately there's no death benefit that goes with it. And I think the other part of that traditional long-term care, I know, especially with Mutual of Omaha, and I won't speak to Northwestern or, or any of the other captive carriers that have, have a long-term care, I think, but those premiums still could go up. I mean, they are still raising rates over the last couple of years on products. So, so that that drawback to buying an LTC is, well, if I never need it, I'm going to lose it. And I will have spent all this premium for nothing. Um, and then on top of it, if I do buy it, um, I, I'm subject to possibly that, that pricing increase. Exactly. Um, so that makes a really good point as to why looking at a hybrid really makes sense for, for lots of reasons. One is obviously guarantees, right? Guaranteed death benefit. If you never lose it, guaranteed premiums that, you know, you could actually pay now between a couple of different carriers. You can pay premiums for the rest of your life. Um, sometimes you can pay um, only 10 payments or 15 payments or or still that single pay option. And then the last bit of it is, is that you get that guaranteed LTC bucket. Exactly. Um, so it's, so it's definitely very, very interesting. Now, walk me through if you do go on claim, what kind of benefits do you get on that hybrid? So, I mean, it depends on the carrier. Um, a lot of hybrid LTC carriers, they're going to do um, indemnity. So there's a monthly maximum benefit depending on, you know, how much money you put into it. Uh, and then they'll actually give you, it's essentially a check for a certain amount up to that, whatever your maximum benefit is. Uh, and you can use that check how you see fit. Now, some people like to do that because they're getting that full uh, monthly benefit amount. Some people like the reimbursement method, which reimbursement is you show the receipts for whatever you're using um, and you know they, they reimburse you. Now, if you're not using the monthly maximum benefit, you, you won't get that full benefit per month, but it still stays in your pool. So it's really up to the, the client. I mean, if they want to use some of the benefit for like home repairs, they can. And that's where the, the cash kind of comes in nice. The indemnity portion comes in nice because there's always, there's so many unexpected expenses when it comes to someone going on claim that having the extra cash around can help. Um, but the reimbursement model makes it a little bit easier. Now they show the receipts, they get reimbursed for whatever it is. They don't have to worry about having extra cash lying around, keeping track of where it's going. So it, those are the two best ways we see it being paid out. Now, to add, if you're going with the indemnity portion, you are subject to the IRS per diem limits, where as a reimbursement model, you're not because you're never actually getting a check. So it's something to talk about with your, your client. I mean, both ways work. You're still getting a benefit amount, but some people like one way better than the other. And that's really interesting. So then that takes us to, I think, now that that's a complete picture of what the hybrids look like. And I think for most advisors, and I, what we talk about more, and we've seen a little bit more. Uh, folks choosing that cash indemnity option because it does offer that optionality and flexibility. 
um, to whom, whatever caregiver you'd prefer to have or licensed caregivers, you know, you'd have different options. Yeah. But so, so we got traditional long-term care, we've got now this hybrid long-term care, but then something else we've completely seen in the marketplace that I know within the last five to seven years has become extremely popular with all the insurance companies. In fact, I would be hard pressed to find one that maybe doesn't have one would be either a long-term care rider or a chronic illness rider on a life insurance policy. So I guess what would be the main difference between the hybrids and these riders that are now added? Yeah. So the way I look at it is, you know, a, a insurance policy with a long-term care rider is still an insurance policy. So you're paying towards a death benefit. They're going to be more customizable in the sense of, you know, it's an insurance policy. So you can the pay period. You can you choose is what you choose. There's not like a set pay period. Um, and the the benefit taken out. So if you do go on claim, the benefit that's taken out gets taken out directly from the death benefit. Um, now, what's nice about the rider policies is almost all carriers allow you to choose a percentage of the death benefit. So if you have a five hundred thousand dollar death benefit, but you only want two hundred fifty of that for long term care expenses, you can set it to where that is. And they let you choose between anywhere from like a 1%, a 2%, or 4% uh, accelerated portion per month. Um, yeah, the biggest difference, I mean, they're, they're the same way as hybrid. Some carriers offer reimbursement, some offer indemnity. It depends on the carrier. I would say that the long-term care rider is more for people who are looking for an insurance policy and not something specifically geared towards long-term care. Um, like I said, the hybrid policies, you still get your money back. Just it's mainly the money you put in, whereas with an insurance policy, you pay for a much higher death benefit. Um, and if you don't go on claim, you'll get that full death benefit. So that's interesting. And I think, um, so I think there's two different types. So the chronic illness rider, where most of the insurance companies have gone that route, just because from a, you know, getting it state approved is a little bit easier. Um, it also, you need to be deemed chronically ill for the rest of your life with majority of the insurance companies in order to go on claim. Um, it's still two out of the six ADL requirements that any type of long-term care, whether it's traditional or hybrid or even a universal life uh, or whole life with a long-term care rider needs to, to happen in order to, to go to claim on the benefit. Um, but I really think that for there's so we have three different types of products and then you have th three different types of clients that would benefit from any of these types of plans so something that we we get every single day is we get a request for long-term care and then it comes down to talking to the advisor and then really diving deep with the client to figure out which solution is going to fit them because like you mentioned with the long-term care or chronic care rider it is a life policy with a death benefit and you've got every flexible possible, you know, funding strategy for that type of plan. And you're, but at the end of the day, you're going to get a percentage of that death benefit back on a monthly basis. Right. So, you know, we tend to see sometimes where that might be the most expensive option. Mm -hmm. um, where do you kind of see, and I mean, I'm, I, I've been doing this obviously longer than I care to admit most, <laughs> most days, but where do you see which type of clients fit? for each of the different types of plans. So I guess let's start backwards here with this universal life and LTC. Like, so, you know, who should be considering that kind of option? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, long-term care, really anyone should be looking at some sort of long-term care coverage. Uh, now, when you're talking standalone and hybrid, those are for the older clients. And when I say older, I mean, someone in their forties maybe who doesn't have any sort of long-term care coverage. 
um, and, and they're looking for something to, you know, supplement whatever they already have, whether that's, you know, the retirement savings, what it is, and they don't want to have to dip into that in order to pay for long-term care coverage in the future. So the older clients, usually we see go with the hybrids and again, older being 40 to, you know, 60, they go with the hybrid or the standalone. Now, long-term care riders, we see a lot of younger clients going with that, number one, because they qualify. Number two, they're not super focused on long-term care at the moment, but it's nice to know that they have it attached to the policy. Uh, so they can fund any sort of, you know, if they want an accumulation-based policy, they still can. If they want a higher death benefit for a lower price while they're healthy, they can do that as well. Um, but they're not super focused on long-term care at the moment. Someone in their 20s isn't, you know, doesn't have no idea if they're going to need long-term care in the future. Now, there's a stat that says, over 70% of adults over the age of 40 at some point are going to need long-term care coverage in their life. And I don't think a lot of people realize that um, and, until something happens and now they're, then they're saying, oh man, I wish I would have had it. Um, and I think we, that's why we see older clients going with the hybrid that, you know, something happens, they realize they're not covered. What can I do that is relatively customizable, but I can still get that long-term care death benefit. So yeah, I would say for the older clients, you know, the hybrid and standalone works well. For the younger clients that are still wanting to fund a life insurance policy, the, the rider works best for them. But again, it's dependent on the client. I mean, that's what's nice about having all these different options is it's not really a one size fits all. I mean, we have different different options you can choose from that are beneficial in, their, in all their own ways. So it was interesting, you know, I had a conversation with an advisor the other day, you know, he had a client that was 64 who unfortunately already had a spouse that was um, who didn't have long-term care, was already needing care. And so it kind of sparked her to say, oh my gosh, I need something. And what we talked about was, well, she didn't have a really big budget, right? And mm -hmm. so hybrid obviously made the most sense for her because she wanted to take her dollar and make it $4 for long-term care. I mean, that's really how those hybrid plans work. It's really a more long-term care bucket-focused plan. Um, and so we looked at, from a pricing perspective, what would get something more than nothing. And so what it came out to be was, so for even for as little as $5,000 over a 10 or 15 year period, um, she was able to get a pool of money that was going to end up looking like, you know, three, $400,000 out at where she may have a claim, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we looked at it and said, but that's really not going to cover all of it, right? And so really the conversation shifts back to, I think, with advisors is saying, well, that doesn't mean then your client just doesn't buy long-term care. It's more of the fact that you're protecting the assets that they still would have spent had they needed to go on claim. And so if you have a client who maybe puts in fifty dollars or $100,000 of premium into one of these hybrid plans over a length of time, and their benefit pool ends up being 400,000, you know, you've protected 300,000 of their assets that they didn't have to sell a business or they didn't have to sell a house or they didn't have to go dip into retirement buckets um, or anything along those lines. And so I think shifting the conversation away from, you're gonna buy an insurance policy that is going to offload your risk to the carrier and cover you 100% is just not really true anymore. We see that the cost of care in the majority of the states today are twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month, and there's just no way that even if you wanted to buy a policy for that, it's just really cost prohibitive. And so, you know, how do you kind of shift that conversation to say, well, let's look at the long-term care as one of your buckets that you have, so that you can just 
pick from them first. And if you still, you know, if it's still not enough money, then you're taking the overflow that you need for care from another bucket. And so that at least okay. that you're making sure that the insurance company can pay for something instead exactly. of you just completely self-insuring. So. Most people going on claim, you know, they're they're no longer working. It's in their retirement years. So it's not a question really is if it's not a question of, you know, can I get all of this covered? It's how much of this can I cover so I don't have to dip into my savings? And I think that's when you hear the horror stories of not having long-term care covered is when people in their late 70s or 80s are having to dip into their savings and then it puts a burden on the spouse um, or any of the surviving family members, uh, which, you know, that burden can be taken away pretty easily uh, with a long-term care policy. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So, you know, something we've seen also, I think, where folks don't always think about is, and we're talking probably folks that are like 59 and a half um, that are now, I mean, typically thinking, okay, so if I retire 65, 70 now, which is kind of typical retirement ages for some folks, um, you know, how do I put insurance in place that I'm taking care of for long-term care? Um, and one of the things that we saw is for folks that have a lot of money in terms of qualified money, it, there's an opportunity to tap into that and pay out this tax liability instead of taking the money out in a lump sum, taking it out over 10 years. Um, and then leveraging that IRA money into buying a hybrid long-term care. So something that's been, and I say this as more of just a concept that I think if a broker, if an advisor sits with a client and says, well, I don't have cash right now to buy this policy, um, but I have a million dollars sitting in my IRA, or I have $2 million sitting in my IRA, or in my retirement buckets. And am I going to spend all of that money down? Maybe, but maybe I won't. So what if I took $100,000 out of my qualified plan and then I put that and I rolled it over into a qualified immediate annuity that had a 10-year payout and used those 10 years to pay the premiums of a hybrid long-term care plan, that would leverage my dollar again to get me $4 in long-term care. But the advantage, instead of taking that $100,000 out and writing a very large tax check to the IRS in year one, what we've done is we've spread that tax liability out over 10 years. So you pay ordinary income over 10 versus one. So it's a very interesting concept. Uh, we have found that it does, it does work for folks who have a lot of qualified money. If they don't, probably not the best option for them because that's money they're going to need in retirement. But if somebody is 59 and a half, it's, it's worth having that conversation with, you know, how do you fund these insurance policies? Where do you get the money from? And which is the best uh, from a, a tax perspective to dip into? So the other part of utilizing these um, long-term cares and, and some objections that I hear from time to time is, well, what what's the difference between Medicare and Medicaid, right? I think those are interesting uh, topics that, that advisors should be very well aware of when talking about long-term care because Medicare is not a long-term care solution. It'd be nice, but it's not. Medicare is about, you know, anybody over the age of 65 and their health care plan. Um, but if you do go on claim, you know, typically, and I always use the hip replacement as the, the example, right? So if you go and you get a hip replacement done well, they're going to cover you. Medicare will cover that and they'll cover rehab and you're usually out within 60 days anyway. Um, for the most part. It's only if, gosh forbid, something happens that, you know, you end up having something that gets botched and then you end up, you know, uh, needing long-term care longer than that, whereas a long-term care policy would kind of kick in. Um, and then I think the other part of this is talking about Medicaid planning and what, where does that go? And long-term care 
uh, policies usually need to be exhausted before Medicaid planning can, can take effect. But I always go back to say, that's definitely somebody who you want to have a conversation with when it comes to from an attorney standpoint, because they'll be able to recommend uh, what's the best way uh, if you think your client's going to go on Medicaid, uh, whether today or in the future, or plan on doing Medicaid planning um, to get an attorney involved that's very well versed in that, um, because yeah. you hate to buy an insurance policy that needs to be completely liquidated before they could qualify for Medicaid. So from from a claims perspective, um, Ethan, what, what do you find like, how are the carriers handling claims today? Do they have like concierge services or is there, or is the clients just kind of on their own? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. A lot of them have some sort of concierge service. I know um, some of them, if you're going with the reimbursement method, a lot of them will work with qualified, licensed, long-term care providers and they'll say, hey, we will work with the company to submit your receipts. They'll reimburse us directly. Um, but overall, I mean, even if you're in an indemnity situation, there's some, I mean, essentially you have to prove your own claim. Usually it's either, like we said, there's a 90 day elimination period. And then starting after that, you'll get your check. Um, and, and again, you spend that how you see fit, uh, whether that's making adjustments to your home or just paying for, you know, qualified long-term care services. Um, but the, the carriers have gotten a lot better at making this, the process pretty smooth. Um, and because, you know, it, it long term going on claim can be taxing uh, as you as an individual. So the carriers like to try to make it as easy as possible for you. Well, it's kind of a scary statistic that you mentioned earlier about 75 percent of us uh, over the age of 40. Thank you very much. Um, are going to have some sort of kind of, you know, event or scenario uh, in the future. It's something that I think none of us really would ever believe that would happen or want to see happen. But I know that as uh, my generation, for sure, is seeing aging parents. Um, it's something that you definitely want to make sure that you have uh, be prepared as soon as you know, as soon as possible, so that if something should happen, you have your options um, to make sure that you get taken care of in the way that you want to be taken care of. And so, you know, I think if you're an advisor out there listening to us today and and have questions about long term care, want to know more about the different types of products or the different carriers that are out there that offer them and the bells and the whistles. And maybe even just dive deeper into which client would benefit from which policy or solution. Um, that's what we're here for. And so you're always happy. To, we're always happy to hear. Uh, I know Ethan and, and I are both happy to hear from you as the advisor on, on a case and what we can do to help you design it. So thanks for your time today, Ethan. I appreciate your expertise in this in this area and uh, and your time spent. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Stephanie. Well, thank you, and thanks everybody for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Regis Radio today. This podcast recording is for financial professional use only. This material may not be reproduced in any form where it would be accessible to the general public. Please keep in mind that the primary reason to purchase a life insurance product is the death benefit. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. Products may not be available in all states. Product features, including limitations and exclusions, may vary by state. We thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.